from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll be with you until about 6 o'clock here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Matt Daniels with us, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bonds is our engineer. Going to hear from uh, Athletic Director Josh Whitman a little bit uh, later on in the show. He's going to stop by with some friends of his to talk about uh, the uh, news you probably heard earlier today about Illinois playing a football game in Dublin to start the uh, 2021 season. Matt, uh, some uh, news that uh, they've been working on for a while, but uh, have uh, done a pretty good job of keeping it uh, Undercover, so to speak. Yeah, Josh Whitman said earlier today that uh, you know this conversation started almost two years ago in, in November 2017, and, and uh, they were approached by the the organizers of this uh, this event. Uh, Illinois Nebraska is going to be the second game in a five game series. Uh, starts next year over in Dublin, Notre Dame and Navy on August 29th, 2020, and then August 28th, 2021. Illinois will play not only its earliest ever football game they've ever played earlier than August 30th, but also their first game outside the United States um, over in Dublin. And uh, it was intriguing news this morning. We heard there was rumblings of a, a big, uh, big announcement by the athletic department. And, uh, you know, the fact that Josh Whitman's going to be on our show tonight and was on uh, Monday Morning Quarterbacks earlier this morning on, on DWS kind of, you know, raised kind of speculation, but uh, did not see this coming uh, at all. So I was kind of mildly surprised when they, they made the big announcement this morning. You mentioned the first time that uh, Illinois is playing out of the country. Uh, Bob Osmussen, myself, Ed Bond were prepared to go out of the country back Almost in went to Moscow in 1989. I was, I, I, I was not here. You were not here no, yet? No, Lauren was here. Lauren took all the money to go. <laughs> I think he kept the money, actually. But Glasnost Bowl in yep. Moscow, which didn't happen that ended up being a good thing for Illinois. They went to L.A. Went to L.A. and, and won, won a, won a so 14 to 13 game against uh, USC. Duh. Stephen Williams uh, caught the winning touchdown pass late. They scored right. uh, two touchdown passes late in that ball game to win that. But that was originally supposed to be played in Moscow. Right. That would have been a fun trip. I w actually, I was here. I just got here. He might have been the reason that was canceled. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> they could not possibly get him a... They couldn't, uh, they couldn't get him into No, into no Russia. way. No visa. No, he can't go. <laughs> I'm sure you're writing about this. Correct. And, and you've looked at the uh, 2021 schedule. It's, it's tricky because there's a lot of, home, a lot of road games that are far away. Played Virginia the second week, second week, week of the season. or Third, week, third week now. Thank you. Two weeks after they... Right. Would have been the second. And then they also play at Minnesota, play at uh, Penn State, play at uh, Purdue, play at one more. Minnesota. I said Minnesota. Iowa. 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 So there, there you go. go. So that's a lot of road games. Plus you throw in Dublin, which I, again, Matt was joking because I was, I was like everything. 
and he's right. I said he does co- like everything. I do like everything. Every coaching hire, every I do. every decision. I do. Bob Bob gives two thumbs up. And this one I like because I think if you're a player on the team right now, you get to go there. What fun would they? That'd be awesome. So I think it's going to be used as a recruiting tool. I'd like to go. Actually, I'm working the news because that I'd like to go put my name in. Scott wants to go too. We both want to go. We're riding, riding coach or even like under the carriage or in the you know the luggage department. We'll go. I reminded Bob earlier in the day to remind all of his Nebraska friends that it's Dublin, Ireland, not Dublin, Ohio. Can mean, but true. There's a reason that ends on the helmets. But you they've got they've got a couple of years to figure that out, right? Correct, and they'll uh, they'll show up there in droves, I believe. I think there'll be a challenge for Illinois is, is sending as many people as Nebraska does. I think Nebraska will fill that game up. There'll be a lot of red there, and they've gone uh, they've done this before. They went to Japan, played Kansas State way back when, and again, I think they had a lot of fans there. So I think this will be uh, uh, probably interesting how the crowd makeup is settled by the time it comes two years from now. Scott Ritchie, it'll be a challenge also because it's a conference game right out of the gate. Yeah, and I mean, trying to project two years out, I mean, what's Nebraska going to be uh, under Scott Frost, I assume? I don't think they'll fire him before then. But, uh, and what's Illinois going to look like? Uh, I know the, the roster makeup is going to be much different. There's, I think, 35, 38 juniors on this year's team. It'll be seniors next year, and that will not be going to Dublin. So it's going to be tricky, but uh, if the recent results are any indication, uh, Illinois might be starting the year off with a, a tough loss. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, too, just because uh, of the home schedule that season. Uh, they were supposed to open up against Texas San Antonio on September 4th, 2021. Now that's obviously the second game of the season. Uh, there is no bye week right after making that trip uh, across the Atlantic. They're going to leave uh, preliminary right now. Obviously, this is two years down the road, but uh, scheduled to leave, fly Tuesday night, fly overnight, and arrive in Dublin early on Wednesday morning uh, before the Saturday kickoff and have three days in Dublin to practice and I'm sure go on many sightseeing experiences that they'll, they'll get to. And then they got to make the flight back uh, to Champaign and play, you know, right away. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that jet lag does affect them. And, and like Bob mentioned, it's a difficult road schedule uh, to begin with. And you know, they, they do give up uh, a home game by doing this. They only have six six home games. They were supposed to play Nebraska on November thirteenth, twenty twenty one, that season. But now that becomes a second open week, in the words of Bob Oswison, because he does not like the word "buy." Don't like the word "buy." So they have two open weeks now in the 2021 season. And what's interesting, too, looking at the schedule, is uh, they host Rutgers that season on October 30th, 2021. And then they are not back in Champaign until November 27th, uh, wow. 2021 of that season. So that's almost a month in between games uh, at Memorial Stadium. So we'll have to see how that, uh, that all works out. How many of you folks here at the Esquire would consider going to Dublin to watch a football game? We've got a few hands. The entire panel up here. Right, we'll Scott, all go. <laughs> Scott's campaigning for it. Bob's campaigning oh, for yeah. it. I'll, I'll drive go. there. I'll drive there, Scott. Let's drive. <laughs> See, there, there's, like, a, there's a giant thing called the Atlantic Ocean. You it's might like, have. It's, there'll be a bridge. It's like 3,000 miles away, so it'll be a little tricky. Bob probably already, Bob already probably put in Google Maps today how long it'll take for him to drive there. Not possible. Not possible? No, you can fly, though. There is some travel information uh, available for you to start looking into that if you'd like. And we'll learn more about that when Josh and his 
friends get here a little bit later on. Some other uh, news notes of the day. Brandon Peters, if he's healthy, will he's, be the starting quarterback. He is the quarterback. Levy and, Smith made that clear. So somebody else, I think Scott did, but if there is there a, were a question of whether or not it might be Matt, Matt Robinson, and he said no, it's definitely going to be. When Brandon Peters is healthy, he's the quarterback, which I think makes some sense. You shouldn't lose your job because you got hurt. Do you think that might be this week? you think he'll be uh, ready to go, Scott? I mean, it all depends on how his recovery from the concussion he suffered in Minnesota is going. And it, it's, you have to point out it's not Brandon Peters' first concussion. Right. You know, When he got his chance at Michigan, uh, that was kind of a stumbling block because he suffered a concussion and, and missed several games. So, I mean, once you have one that we know of, the second is I think, a little more concerning. And if it is the second, I mean, we don't know for sure how many he's ever had. But uh, we'll, I think that's a, I think he has to pass the protocol early in the week to be able to play you know, late in the week. So there should be uh, – well, also, let me say, said we won't, he won't tell us, but there should be some indication in the next couple of days Brandon Peters will start. But then, surprise, on, on Saturday against Wisconsin. We'll talk more about that football game in a little that in the third quarter with an impressive third quarter offensively after a slow start. A basketball note, Io DeSumo, named to the Bob Cousy uh, Award watch list today for the best point guard in the country. Your thoughts on that, Scott? I mean, it's another preseason honor uh, for Io, and uh, there's some precedent with winning that award. There's one of those trophies in the, the case at Oven, that uh, D. Brown won in 2006. And oh, this is only the 17th year that they've uh, given this award out, so it's still relatively new. But uh, lots of early competition you know, for that award. Uh, three other Big Ten point guards, uh, Cassius Winston from Michigan State, Xavier Simpson from Michigan, and Anthony Cowan from Maryland were all on the, the early watch list. And there was a note on that the you know, players can play themselves on and off of that watch list as the season progresses. So it's just, I mean, a good honor for Io, but until any one of those point guards actually plays in a game, I mean, it's just sort of speculation on how their season might go. If you have any comments on Illinois football or basketball or anything else here at the Esquire, raise your hand. I'll get a mic around to you. The phone line is open as well. 356-9397 is the number. We'll take our first time out and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're here on Monday Night Sports Talk until 6 o'clock here on uh, DWS. Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, and a bunch of our friends here at the Esquire. Got a question here in the audience, sir. Go ahead. Okay, um, so Illinois scores a touchdown, brings us to 23 to 28. 28 25. Or, yeah, you're right. Touchdown made it 28 23. And uh, so obviously we decide to go for two. Um, Illinois decides to throw the ball. I think it's to Josh. Um, Mandatory baby. What's it? Yeah. Mandatory baby. Say it with confidence. Say it fast. God bless you. <laughs> and anyway. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there's a pass interference call, and the penalty for that is one yard, and so it's a do-over. Um, number one, what do you think of that rule? And then also, if you are lovey, I got to think if anybody ever tries a two-point conversion and they throw a pass, 
if in doubt, commit capacity interference because it really doesn't cost you anything. Great point. I, I think that rule should be changed to you, you get capacity interference defensively in the end zone, a two-point conversion. Conversion is good. That would be my rule if I was in charge. That would be the, you're, you're good. Because you're, like, you're right, you could do that ten times in a row. Just why would you not interfere is a better question. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a good rule. Hopefully they think about that. Sorry. I was chasing my kids around the house when that was going on, so I didn't see that. I mean, they, they ultimately point. got it, so right. the, the conversion was good eventually. Uh, but, yeah, it's exploit the loopholes. Yeah, some smart play. You know, the way Michigan started the game and it, with their running attack, I thought, why would they ever pass? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Illinois' run defense was exposed mightily. Uh, early on against the Wolverines, and then Shea Patterson made a pl few plays uh, kind of that, out of that RPO offense that they like to run. And, uh, you know, it didn't look good there in, in the first half at all. Uh, you know, credit to Illinois for, uh, for responding and, and getting that touchdown late in, in the first half to make it 28-7. And then, um, you know, the offense really kind of kind of woke up, and so did the defense. And, uh, but the, the story of the season so far for Illinois is just the, the inconsistent nature uh, of this team. Uh, I mean, if they play like they did in the third quarter against Michigan, uh, the entire game, heck, the entire season, you know, maybe we're, we're talking about a 4-2 and two Illinois team instead of a 2-4 and four Illinois team that's still looking for its first Big Ten win this season. I watched Michigan, obviously, on, on Saturday, and then went home and watched Penn State. Penn State is going to kill Michigan at home, I think. They'll win by... Three touchdowns, that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, Penn State picked up a, a huge uh, huge road win on Saturday night at Iowa. Tough place to play at Kinnick right. at night, even with those god-awful uniforms that Iowa wore on, oh, on Saturday cool. night. You don't like those? I like them. Shocker, Bob likes something. I did like them. I really did, um, I really did like them. They look good. My wife's liked them. That's Penn, Penn State, I, I think, has exceeded a lot of expectations oh, yeah. this year. And Sean Clifford, their quarterback, first-year starter, replacing Trace McSorley's done done well. And their defense is playing exceptional this season so yeah I'd say they'd have to have the edge over Michigan on on Saturday night yeah. especially the game being at uh, Penn State nighttime atmosphere right. there uh, that should favor the Nittany Lions you know when that game went to 28 to nothing uh, Michigan maybe they started thinking a little bit about next Great week's point. assignment at Penn State yeah it was like fourth quarter they were I think finally realized oh we're in a football game again <laughs> and it was where they were able to force a couple turnovers and uh, Shea Patterson led them on, you know, two scoring drives. Uh, so I think Michigan mailed it in a little bit in, in the third quarter. But you have Matt Robinson did lead a successful Illinois offense, and they did more out of that offense because Matt Robinson can extend plays with his feet. You know, they, they ran a lot of plays that looked like the A.J. Bush offense from last year. And I think that's Rod Smith's bread and butter. But, again, uh, as Lovey Smith said, Brandon Peters is our quarterback. So if he's healthy, I think it goes back to probably looking like it did uh, through the first four and a half games. Steve, you were at Illinois, Michigan, 99, correct? So that game Saturday, had, at, that, at that point in the third quarter, fourth quarter, felt like that game to me. It really did. And I, I, really, I thought this could be a repeat of this. And it, it, it had to, that had to happen. Matt Robinson would be – not like Red Grange or Buckus, but certainly a guy you talk about a lot, like Rocky Harvey. It would have been the Rocky Harvey, of the current team. So I think that was thought it was going to happen like that. Actually, I was for a second I thought Illinois is going to win this game, and then then Michigan, like Scott said, woke up. Well, Wisconsin's been awake all season. They've uh, 
shut out four of six opponents. You know, they've only, they've only played one road game. That was their opener at uh, South Florida. So they're playing their just their second road game and their first conference road game. And this probably won't be a factor, but you I always like to look at who do they play next. Wisconsin goes to Columbus next week to play right. Ohio State in a battle of top six teams. Day game, noon game, or 11 o'clock our time. It's uh, pretty cool. Don't know if that will be a factor or not. By the way, the Purdue game uh, time for uh, next week has been announced at 11 o'clock Central. Sports writers rejoice. Radio uh, broadcast team rejoices as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting game uh, this Saturday. Just based on uh, this past Saturday's game against Michigan was just so, you know, uneven. You know, you go from thinking that, okay, Illinois is going to lose 56 nothing with the way the game was starting to, okay, Illinois is going to keep it respectable. Maybe Michigan's going to pull away. And then, oh, my God, Illinois might, has a chance. You know, they're, they're within three points. They could potentially win this game and, you know, give Lovey Smith the signature win that he has been so desperately searching for since he arrived here in Champaign. And then it kind of went back to, oh, Illinois, you know, they, they played bad in the fourth quarter. Michigan took advantage of it. And, it, I'm sure as an Illinois fan, it's just kind of a weird feeling right now because you're encouraged by parts of it, but then you're discouraged by the overall product. And then, you know, if you're a Michigan fan, you're probably pretty peeved that you almost lost to Illinois after being up 28 to nothing. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin, uh, they're, they're surprised. They've surprised a lot of people this season with the way they've played, uh, not only with what Jonathan Taylor's been able to do. You knew his production was going to be there, but the defense for the Badgers seems to kind of be what they, you know, really had their bread and butter on. And, that seems to be back this season, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like Bob Oswison told me when I first started covering the team back in 2013, you never know what to expect you out of know. Illinois, and that is still true to this day in 2019. One thing I can't figure out and never have been able to, Bob, is slow starts. Right. There's no answer. You only get 12 opportunities to play. Shouldn't you be ready every week? Hey. I'm not saying they weren't ready, right. but they admitted – Slow start and, and learning how to finish. It's, it's not effort. I'm sure it's not right. effort. I think it's just sometimes things don't click for whatever reason. Maybe the play you called didn't work against the team you're playing against. Uh, but, again, Michigan, the game starts off 14 nothing instead of 28 nothing. It's a different ball game to, at the end. You can say that every week. I think Wisconsin is a tougher road to hoe for Illinois than Michigan was. I think this team is way, way, way better than, than the team Illinois just played. So if they're within three points late in that game, you got you got yourself a story. The difference is I think Wisconsin is a little bit better maybe than Michigan at closing. You look when they get in a game that's once they get up, they just roll. They don't they don't hesitate. They don't think there's a lot of caring about where the Illinois team is. They just want to win the game. They're kind of going for style points because to get the playoffs at this point for them. They, they're going to have to go, obviously, 13-0, and 0, but they're going to have to do it in style. So I think every time they can blow out somebody, they're going to try to do it. Well, and they're also going for the Heisman Trophy for Jonathan Taylor because one of his teammates uh, got tackled by the turf monster at the one-yard line. I think he just took a dive, and then Jonathan Taylor punched it in for another <laughs> touchdown. Right. Why not? He's got 14 touchdowns on the season, uh, Jonathan Taylor does. Wisconsin's only given up four touchdowns all year long. Only nine points a game. First in the Big Ten, only 47 yards average on the ground defensively, first in the Big Ten. Passing yards, 129, first in the Big Ten defensively. And total offense, 174, first in the Big Ten. But the important but is look at their schedule. Because other than Michigan, 
Who on there do you do you fear? Michigan, Michigan State's pretty good. Uh, pretty, they're four and three. And they're kind of uh, don't trust them. Okay. So they lost to Arizona State. They're not very good. Arizona Michigan, State's a top twenty-five team. Yeah, they're okay. They're pretty good, <laughs> but Michigan State's never not a great team. Michigan's an okay team, better than okay team. They're a top twenty-five team, but other than Michigan, Michigan, Michigan Wisconsin is not wiped out anybody. We'll take a quick break here, and uh, Josh Whitman and his folks are on the way in, so we'll do that right now and be back with the, those folks and more on Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Josh Whitman is here with some Irish connected friends underneath the Guinness sign here. That's quite appropriate, I think. Josh, good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thanks for having us. Been a busy day for you. You've been uh, all around uh, the area talking about this football game against Nebraska in uh, 2021. And this is a, a subject that's been on the discussion table for quite some time, right? It is. We've been working on this now for almost two years. Started in November of 2017. And uh, John Anthony, who you'll hear from here in a little bit, approached me about the game, and uh, as he shared with me the the video and some of the experiences from from other teams who have made the trip across, and some of the great brands in college football: Notre Dame, Navy, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Penn State, to, to name just a few of them. Uh, it, it really felt like a uh, an honor to to be invited to participate in this game, and and one thing that excited me, the thing that excited me the most, was the chance to offer that international experience to our football student athletes who never get that opportunity. We, we take all of our teams overseas and give them some, some international flavor. We just had men's basketball, women's basketball, softball all took trips uh, abroad this summer. And I had the, the good fortune of being with the men's basketball team in Italy, got to see for myself uh, just how meaningful that experience was for them. And so really helped to solidify my own mind what this would mean for the football program and for our, our guys, chance to, to get over and experience a new culture, but also to, to have a national platform to go out and play a great football game and, and hopefully get a big win against a, a high-profile opponent. You're spreading the word about this today, and you told the team this morning. How did they respond? They were excited. Of course, you know half the room won't be here, and so they were, they were grumbling a little bit. Uh, but uh, we had several guys come up and say, is there any way I can get another, another year uh, but uh, but the younger classes, the freshmen, the sophomores, they're they're awfully excited, and uh, you, the room lit up when we showed the video and, and kind of lifted the curtain a little bit, and let them see what was in store. Uh, it's fun to bring that kind of news to our, our groups of student athletes and to get their reaction. I, I think again, just in my own mind, reaffirmed this uh, this decision and looking forward to uh, to 2021. The man in the middle up here is John Anthony with the Irish American Events Limited organization. Tell us about what you do and your role in making this happen. Uh, I, I stalk people like Josh. <laughs> um, along with my partner from, from Ireland, as you may notice, I don't have much of an Irish accent. So I'm the American half of the equation of the Irish American. So uh, we collectively uh, have enjoyed all of the uh, benefits that you see when a when a college football game has been played in Dublin. And we see the experience and we see what happens to the universities and the full engagement and the players and everything about it. 
And so we've uh, gone about to create that more. And uh, in, in 2017, we got some very important, strong commitments from Ireland to launch a series. They, want, they had seen the benefits of this for their country, and they wanted to do this uh, and gave us the backing for a five-game series. So that's when I called Josh. The third gentleman with a green tie on here, quite appropriately, is Porrick O'Kane. Now, you're not, you're not going to tell me you're American, are you? I'm from, Hang on a minute. There I'm, we go. I'm from just down the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, my first time to Champagne, and lovely. Thank you for the warm welcome. Tell me about what you do in this. and I, I'm guessing if anybody here had some thoughts about what is fun to do in Ireland and Dublin, you can, uh, you're the guy to talk to. Yeah, it's my job to make that myrrh with Guinness on it turn real. <laughs> <laughs> and we will do that. Um, Dublin has fallen in love with college football or American football over the last number of years. He, um, the game in 21 will be, I think, our fifth game in almost 10 years. Um, with the likes of Notre Dame, Navy, Penn State, Boston College, uh, Georgia Tech, UCF have traveled over the last number of years. So when I first... Um, got involved in this in 2011 um, uh, with Notre Dame coming into town and they said, um, and Pork, you look after our pep rally and our tailgate. And I said, of course I will, as I Googled what a pep rally and a tailgate <laughs> was. <laughs> so that was our starting point. And then the next thing they told us, well, we'll need a charter to get everybody over. I said, why? There's 90 to 100 people on a team. And we're going, what? Because in Ireland, our Gaelic sports, there's 15 players on a team at a time. And we play on a pitch three times the size of a college football or American football pitch. So, uh, and that's an amateur sport as well. So we've really embraced. We've, the, the, the schools that have come in, you can really look forward to a, an Irish welcome. Uh, we now know what a pep rally and a tailgate is. And <laughs> we've Irishized it and we've brought the humor with it. Um, in Ireland, we're a very serious country, but we don't take ourselves too serious. So I don't know, has anybody in the room ever been to Ireland? Oh, yeah. Ah, that's what I like to see. Um, I hope you're all going to come back because we're going to make it um, a really, really special occasion. How big is Dublin? What's the size, population? So I have a hinterland of just under 2 million people. Um, it's also a... a there's we in, in Dublin, to give you an example, and in the greater Dublin area, there's 155,000 people employed by American firms. So we're the European headquarters of a lot of your top tech companies, a lot of your uh, pharma companies, etc. So the connections are huge between um, Ireland and, and the States. And even we were just connected with Illinois today, the amount of academic and university connections that's there, business connections. Uh, the state of Illinois is our eighth largest um, um, exporter from Ireland and vice versa. So there's a lot of connections, so it's great to cement them for once and for all. And uh, we call the game much more than a game, and we can promise you that when you come to Dublin. Paul, how will tickets be broken down? How will people, how they get them, and then how you'll split them up? Um, the tickets will be, the, the schools both get an allocation, um, but for right now, tickets are available through travel packages, and that okay. ensures the best tickets and access to the hotels. That will be, uh, since we've announced this 22, 23 months in advance, that will be uh, that the travel packages and the hospitality programs will be the source until we get into 2021 and enter that regular time when schools deal with their ticket allocation to their sure. at, at that time, then they can go through the regular channels. Great. 
Hey, Josh. Question from the audience over here. Matt, over by the bar. I'm not at my usual spot up there, so this is actually a nicer view. You look better by the bar. Thank you. I appreciate that, Josh. Uh, you kind of talked about how this has been almost two years in the making, I guess. When you first got the first phone call or email about this, did you have to just kind of take a moment to yourself and be like, wow, is this really happening? No, I, I think I need to learn more. And, and so John was good enough to come into town and, and share with me more information about the experiences that, that some of the other schools have had. Because uh, it, it's just it's kind of a hard concept to grasp the first time that you hear it, and it's really not until I had a chance to to see the videos, ask John some questions, and digest it a little bit that I I, I fully comprehended exactly what this experience and this opportunity would mean for our student athletes, for our fans, for our university. Uh, it's just an unbelievable opportunity to 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 put ourselves on a national stage, week zero, which means we'll we'll start our football season a week before the rest of college football does. Uh, we'll have the, the national spotlight on us, national television platform, uh, essentially the only game in America on that Saturday. And uh, like you said earlier, a great opportunity for us to go over there with a good football team, play another really strong football team, and come away with a win on a, on a big platform. And, uh, and so from, from that perspective, it, it made a lot of sense. And then it became more about the logistics and, and, and the mechanics of actually getting it done. Uh, but philosophically, it, it, it just took a few conversations with John uh, to, to really grasp the understanding of, of what this is and, and what it could mean for all the different stakeholders we have involved with Illinois football. Well, and John, you said, in joke, you used to talk to people like Josh you know, for this, but I guess when you're looking for teams, and maybe also to fill out this, this five-game slate, what, what stands out to you uh, about what, what you're looking for, maybe to find the, the right match? Uh, there's a little bit of a needle to thread there. Um, in Illinois' case, the obvious connections you know you know you look no further than chicago which is probably more more irish than ireland is um so we started with that premise that um you know chicago is the home of, of the irish american illinois with that fan base um i think 40 percent of your alumni live in the chicagoland area um you you've you've got connections academically throughout with the institution so uh, it hit, it checked a lot of boxes, and then you get to the football, which is most important. Where's the program? Is it something that we think would connect with the fan? Maybe you have a huge fan base, 450,000 living alumni. That's very important to us. Um, and then being able to get the right matchup. So uh, I won't name names of uh, once I talked, once Josh was interested of who he said back to me of, okay, well, how about this? this in that regard, we, we do have some other criteria. We need uh, somebody with a really large following that will help pay the bills to be able to bring two teams and, and get your home game and keep you whole. Josh, talk a little bit about the logistics of getting a 100-member or 90-member football team over there and all the equipment. We've seen how the, the travel works here with you've got an equipment truck that goes out early in the week. You're not going to have that option do, do you have a separate plane for the equipment? Well, we won't be driving it there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident about, about that. So we'll, um, no, we'll, we've got an allotment uh, as, as part of our terms with, uh, with the organization. And, and so we'll have, I think we're anticipating a travel party of roughly 300 people. Uh, we'll, as was mentioned, we'll be able to charter a flight uh, with Aer Lingus, who's the, the naming partner of the game. Uh, we'll, we'll leave from Chicago. We'll fly overnight. Uh, on Tuesday night, we'll arrive in Dublin on Wednesday morning. We'll have all day Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 
to prepare for the game, have our regular practices, film study, all that stuff, but also to acclimate to Dublin and have the opportunity to really experience some of the Irish culture. Uh, and so, and, and these guys are great. It, it really becomes, uh, it's never a, a true turnkey operation, but they've done this so many times. We've got a great operational staff and, and between their expertise and our group's attention to detail, we'll get over there with no trouble and, and uh, looking forward to a great time. For both of you guys, how is American football perceived in Ireland? Just what's the thought as uh, it you know, got caught on, I guess? It sure has. So I suppose um, TV has come on in such a long way. So the yeah. NFL are in London now for three games, so that has played its part. Um, but I watched the uh, Illinois-Michigan game last week, albeit I only watched the second half, so I was lucky. Um, <laughs> um, but If he would have watched the first half, imagine how it could have gone, right? Uh, yeah, so we've been a look at the Irish, but it's it's flat to flat t- TV on it. But equally, we have um, Irish. Um, uh, the the sport of uh, uh, American football has been played in Ireland. We've got twenty two amateur teams. Yeah. We've about two and a half thousand members. So we're working with them actually to develop the sport further because on games like this, where we anticipate hopefully twenty to twenty five thousand fans will travel from the states between Illinois and Nebraska, means we need to still have, still fill another twenty five thousand right. to the stadium. So we need interest from, from the Irish spectator. So we're going to work very closely with, with, with our, our colleagues in developing the game and developing their membership and bringing it along. And there seems to be a big appetite for it. Um, last week we announced game day, ESPN game day, right. for the 2020 fixture. And I was so surprised everywhere we went when he said, you know what game day is about? And the amount of people who actually does. So the following is definitely increasing. Probably NFL played its part and college football is coming right in behind it now. Is there a favorite team there, your favorite U.S. team? Or maybe for every protein. Uh, University of Illinois. <laughs> uh, good answer. Right? And a boy. Good answer. He came. <laughs> Other than okay, good point. And I would imagine a, a lot of people will be surprised that I asked this question, but you probably could find me a golf course to play over there, couldn't you? I can find you all the golf courses you need. Um, it's it's a fantastic country for golf. We've just got. We're delighted. Um, we now have the 2026 Ryder Cup coming. Uh, to Adair Manor um, with some great golfers as you know Rory and, and the lads have done us proud over the years but if you come to Ireland for a golfing trip uh, whether you go down into Kerry um, whether you go up the north to Portrush over to the west or around the Dublin region you just can't go wrong it, it's, it's the place to go What's the weather like uh, in, in August? Uh, consistent <laughs> <laughs> There is weather John, you probably don't have any golf packages in that uh, in that pack in that uh, program, do you? We may be able to find people a spot on a course or two. If you haven't played golf in Ireland, you're a golfer. You've got to go. I believe it's the best golf courses in the world. I'm sure some of you have done it, but the courses over there are amazing. To think an an, an island with only six million people has produced the number of major champions they have okay. in recent years. It's not a coincidence. The golf uh, the golf is it's the best in the world. What can you tell us, Kofi, for any three on the panel, I guess, what what can you tell us about the stadium that Illinois is actually going to play in, the Aviva Stadium? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll take that. The We've played, this This is on hallowed ground of a historic stadium, and Port can speak more to that. They tore it down in 2007, rebuilt a brand new stadium. It, it opened in 2010. Um, it is set almost like Wrigley Field. It is in a neighborhood. There is not a single parking spot within a mile of that place. <laughs> Um, other than maybe somebody's garage, so good luck with that one. But uh, you know they don't they don't drive they don't take buses they they use transportation to get to games and, and we 
work on all that for you. But the stadium, it is, it is very modern. It is a spectacular architecturally. Um, and it's got everything you would need. I've probably toured 20 stadiums around the world in conversations like this, and there's not another one that can match what this stadium does. It's got the medical uh, bays, it's got the, the treatment areas, it's got the hot plunge, the cold plunge, um, hydrotherapy, it's got 36 suites, uh, capacity is about 50,000, but because it's built for rugby and soccer, those go down to the ground level we can't use some of those lower seats so we block off about the bottom eight to ten rows around midfield because as you know we have 100 people standing on the sidelines so you've got to be able to see over that but it is a magnificent stadium well beer will be a soul funny that <laughs> in 2012 the first game um when notre dame played navy they set a record of the largest ever beer sales in the stadium to be beaten twice since one by an ACDC concert and the other by an Iron Maiden concert. So um, we're hoping uh, you guys might have a crack at breaking that record when you come over in uh, 21. With that said, Josh, how are beer sales going here at uh, Memorial Stadium? Uh, I, I think they're going very well. Uh, it, it seems that they've, it's been received well from our fans. We've, uh, I have not gotten the numbers from this past weekend, but for the first three home games, uh, it, it went very well. Not surprisingly, the Nebraska game, the night game, uh, was was substantially larger than any of the, the day games that we've had thus far. But uh, and we've had very little incidents, no real problems with fans or overindulging or, or students being uh, in, in a dangerous place. And so it, it's so far been really a, a, a wonderful uh, addition, I think, and, and people seem to be enjoying it. So we just have a couple of minutes left. But your thoughts on the way uh, the game went the other day with Illinois making that comeback and the way the season has gone thus far? Yeah, I was I was really proud of the fight that our guys showed on Saturday. You know, it's it's hard to get uh, to get down 28 to nothing in any athletic events, and and then to have the the internal fortitude, the discipline, uh, and the courage to fight back the way that our guys did. Uh, I've been in those games, and and that's a hard uh, a hard thing to do. And so for them to do that, I, I thought was a, was a real sign of strength and and, and encouragement. Um, and and as far as the season goes, I, I think that. Obviously, we, we all would have liked to have won a few more games. We know we've had our opportunities. Uh, but what I know for a fact is that our guys, our coaches, our staff, our student athletes, they are working as hard as they possibly can to turn the corner with this program. And when I walk through that building, I see uh, people who are in there giving everything they've got uh, to the point that I, you know, I, see, I see blankets and pillows on the couches in the, in the coaches' offices. I mean, they're there spending every hour of every day trying to, to get this thing right. I know our guys are doing the same thing. You know, they're in the weight room, they're in the film room, they're in the athletic training room, and certainly on the practice field, and, and they're putting everything they can into, into getting this thing going. And, uh, and so my plan is to stand behind them and give them everything I've got to, to get them going, and, and I hope all of our fans will do the same thing. Uh, I know uh, two and four is not where any of us expected to be, but uh, that's where we are. Uh, and we've got half the season left to play, and we've got an opportunity to still write a pretty significant chapter uh, for Illinois football here, and we need everybody to be a part of it. Illini fans here at the Esquire, by the way, if you want more information on the upcoming trip to Ireland, it's IlliniToIreland.com. Illini, the letter of the number two, Ireland.com and uh, you'll learn a lot more about it that way. Gentlemen, we appreciate it. Josh, John Anthony, Pori Cocaine. Anything else, any other Irish plugs you'd like to throw in before you leave? 
No, just can guarantee you, if you travel, you'll have a chance and a journey of a lifetime. So look forward to seeing you in Dublin in 21. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. That's going to take care of a Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire. These gentlemen, if you want to hear more about it, will be with Lovey Smith and Brian Barnhart on the Lovey Smith Show tonight from Papa Dell's Restaurant on South Neal Street in Champaign. For Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Ed Bond, this is Steve Kelly. We appreciate you coming out. We'll be here again next Monday night for Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a good evening, everybody.